Good morning. Good to see you. Welcome home. We are so glad that you are here today. I'm excited about this morning. Uh, show of hands real quick. Raise your hand if you're for the Patriots. Come on, Randy, get that hand up. I know you are. <laughs> Raise your hand if you're for the Eagles. Raise your hand if you don't give a flying rip. <laughs> Raise your hand if you didn't know the Super Bowl was today couple honest people in here. Hey, we're glad you're here today. I want to just celebrate real quickly, quickly with you a uh, couple of wins. One, last night we had the Wild Beast Feast and it was awesome, uh, but one of the most neat things about it was is uh, the speaker came and just shared their heart and God came in an awesome way and um, we asked uh, just those that were there with their heads bowed and eyes closed if they'd like to to start afresh with God or maybe begin a relationship with God if they're interested in doing that. And so with their heads bowed and their eyes closed, we had four people last night uh, that, that made that decision. So let's give God a hand for that. That's awesome. And so uh, we were excited about this. We're excited about this new series today called Miracles. They really do happen. Let's say that together. Miracles. They really do happen. I was thinking about that series, Miracles, and it made me think about the, you know, what happened to my wife and I and family over Christmas break. Some of you know this story, but if you don't, uh, my wife decided at the last minute that she wanted to go to Silver Dollar City to see the lights, and I really didn't want to go just because I don't like amusement parks, and I end up holding everybody's coats because I don't like riding roller coasters, and so I'm a real man. And so... uh, (laughs) I didn't want to go. She wanted to go, so we went. And we got in the car, and we started driving. And for some reason, Whitney was driving instead of me, which never happens. We got over by Carthage, and not to bore you with the story, you already know. uh, But we got over close to Carthage, and uh, at that intersection there at 96 and V, there was a a semi coming, and behind that was a, a 350 truck with a trailer. And long story short, there was a big wreck. A guy was texting, and um the math and the science of all of it said that our car should have rolled, that we should have been T-boned, you know, could have been a lot different, and it wasn't. And the guy who caused the wreck, he could have been killed for how fast he hit the tree, and he was okay. And, you know, and then we get out of the car, and some of you obviously already know this, but there was a lady that was sitting and watching this whole thing, and she came up and said, do you believe in God? And and, uh, Luke goes, And she said, well, I saw an angel in front of your car before it hit. I just thought it was the airbag exploding, but it was was an angel, evidently. And so as she said that to me, my mind went there like, okay, I don't know if I believe what she said. But then she said this. She said, I've never seen that before. I've never witnessed that before. I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm telling you, it wasn't your airbag. I saw an angel in front of your car. And the Lord just kind of like, she's telling you the truth. And I shared with you that after that happened, that that was a miracle, and I believe that. And as over the last month and a half getting ready for this series, God began to point out some other miracles that weren't quite as visible to people that took place in that story. One is my dad has told me that, you know, when I was a baby, he knelt beside my crib and would pray, and so did my mom and people that, you know, God would be in my life and that he would protect me. And my wife shares a similar story that happened with her parents. And I think of people throughout my life when I was going through a hard time and I was just lost from God and just 
not making good decisions, people that would text me and pray for me and, and pray that God would get a hold of my life. And, and now, you know, as a pastor, people will text me all the time that, that they're praying for me. And I, the Lord just kind of revealed to me that in that moment, there was a lot of preparation prayer-wise that came into play when that truck collided with our car. I don't say that to be dramatic, but to be truthful today. That there's miracles that we see, and then there's miracles that we don't see, and there's miracles that we won't see until we get to heaven that take place all the time. And this series is about understanding that God is a God of miracles. And it may not be a car wreck in your life right now. There may be something going on in your life, or if there's not in your life, you know someone whose life is a mess. And our prayer over this series is that God, most importantly, would do a miracle inside of our hearts to draw us closer to himself, but at the same time begin to use us as people that can go out and give small and big miracles to people, whether it's a smile, whether it's encouragement, whether it's sharing Christ with them, whether it's praying that God would free somebody from an addiction. Simply because there's so many of us in here, there's some of us in here today that life is hard for you. And you would say it would take an act of God, what this definition says today, it would take an act of God, not by natural or scientific laws, but a divine act of God for things in your life to change. And I'm here to tell you that God can do that. He can be a miracle worker in your life and in the lives of those around you. I don't think when people in the church pray for me or I'm praying for somebody else or when my dad was sitting beside my bed or, or you know, I don't think that they were envisioning us being in a car accident. They were just praying over our life. But I also don't think it was a coincidence what took place that day. So this series not is, to, is not only to give us hope today, but to lay a foundation for the rest of our lives. This is, I'm more excited about this series than any other series we've ever done. It has the power to change us and to change those around us and to see God do things that maybe we don't ever see but happen. I look back on my life and I think my life could have ended up a lot differently. But I had people praying for me. I think about people in my life that prayed that I would find a, a, a wife that, that loved the Lord and that, was, that, that had my best interest at heart, and God's answered those prayers. There's all kinds of prayers that take place in our lives that we don't even see and think about. Miracles. They really do happen. Not just for someone else, but for you and for those around you. Kyle, why are you taking so much time this morning as we're getting started? Because there's a tendency when there's something like this for, for it to cause attention and for us to think it's for someone else. But this series is for you and for those that you know. Jesus, we're going to be in Mark chapter 9. Steve mentioned this earlier. If you don't have your, I don't always carry my Bible with me. 
And if you have a smartphone, as Steve mentioned, if you download the app, it's just called Version Bible app. The notes for our sermons every single week are on those, as well as devotionals and announcements and all the stuff that we have on our website. So I encourage you to go to Uversion app, download that, and you can find us under the events, as Steve mentioned. We're going to be in Mark chapter 9, and we're going to be looking at miracles from, from the Word of God over the next few weeks. And this one we find in, in Mark chapter 9, we've got a burden, we've got a problem going on. This dad has a son who's got some stuff going on with him. Parents, have you ever had a kid that has some stuff going on with them? Or grandparents? The problem that's in this story, the burden that this dad's been carrying, is that this child in the story, in Mark chapter 9, is deaf and he's mute. And he's been demon-possessed. And so the dad, for a long period of time, has tried all kinds of different things, and he's at his wit's end. And he decides to... He's heard about this rabbi, this teacher, this Jesus that has been doing signs and wonders. They don't necessarily believe that he's the son of God necessarily, but they heard that he's, he's doing miracles and, and, and why not? Let's try it. And so they, they begin to take this boy to where they hear Jesus is. At the same time, Jesus isn't going to be there when they... Dad and son show up. He's gone up the mountain to, to not see a miracle on the outside, but to, but to have God again do a, a new miracle on the inside. He's gone up the mountain with Peter, James, and John, a couple of the disciples, and, and they're in the presence of God and, and Elijah and Moses, Scripture says. And at some point there's this light that happens and it illuminates Jesus. I'm really paraphrasing this story because it's kind of long. It illuminates Jesus and God speaks... And says, this is my son, my dearly loved son, listen to him. And the disciples are in awe and Jesus is, is illuminated and he's full of God's presence. And, and that's where Jesus is when this boy and his father come to the town and they, they start looking for Jesus. They can't find him, but they recognize some of his followers, his disciples. And they come to him and says, we're looking for Jesus, but you guys will do. My, my, my son here, and he's having these seizures and this... Demon keeps trying to is screaming and you know just it's just not a good situation. I'm asking you to come and and heal him. And so the disciples pray, and nothing happens. And the religious scholars who are trying to get at Jesus anyway, they're not they're not for this whole thing. They start arguing with him. See, he's not really who he is. And Jesus, who's just been up the mountain who's just been in the presence of God, he comes down and, and he says, what's going on? And this father who's desperate, have you ever been desperate for one of your kids? Have you ever been desperate for somebody you know to be free from addiction or desperate for them to, to make better choices or desperate for them to know God? I mean, this father is desperate. This is, this is past being, you know, how, how things look. He's past that. He's, he's at the point of, I don't care how I look with a group of people around. And he says, I've asked these disciples since you weren't here to drive out this demon and drive out this sickness, and they can't do it. And the, te- and, and, and the father says to Jesus, 
have mercy on us. Have mercy on me. I can't carry this anymore. I'm up all night, every day, thinking about my son. And my son's having to deal with this. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. And Jesus has just been with the Father and is experiencing the miracle anew again that can take place in anyone's heart when they connect themselves to God. And I don't think Jesus says it in arrogance. I think he says it in confidence. And he says, what do you mean if I can? You said, help us if you can. What do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. Let's read that. Anything is possible if a person believes. So the father humbles himself even more. He doesn't try to argue. He just says, I do believe but help me overcome my unbelief. Have I've been there? Have you been there? I believe, but I know I should believe more. I know that I should trust you more. I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. And Jesus starts to see the crowd gather around. And he talks specifically not to the boy, but this, this thing that's got a hold of the boy's life. In this story, we see it as these seizures and, and this demon possession and, and being deaf and mute. But what Jesus sees is not the symptoms. He sees what's behind the symptoms. And he sees it's the enemy and he rebukes it and he commands the enemy to come out of this child and never enter him again. He uses the authority that he got up the mountain. So then we see the enemy take his last stand and the spirit, the evil spirit screams and throws the boy in another seizure, but then he leaves him. They think that he's dead because he's laying there lifeless. They begin to say that, but Jesus takes him by the hand and helps him to his feet and he stands up. Jesus takes him by the hand and helps him to his feet and he stands up. Say it with me. Jesus took him by the hand, helped him to his feet. That's what God wants to do in your life and the people around your life through this series moving forward. You need to know today that Jesus can take you by the hand, help you to your feet, and stand up. This boy had a long, long history of struggle, and then he encountered Jesus. So the end of this story that you see there, the disciples are awed by what Jesus does. See, he did it again. We couldn't do it. But then they get alone with Jesus, and they say to him privately, nobody around, all right, how come we couldn't drive out, drive out the demon? And almost the tone in this scripture is almost like, here's why. 
this kind of burden, this kind of issue doesn't happen just by prayer. It happens by prayer and fasting. Let's read it. This kind can come out by nothing but prayer. So what are the takeaways today as we kick off this series on miracles that we can learn if we want to see God do a miracle inside of us and we see God, we want God to do a miracle through us. Here's the first thing we can notice. Jesus went up the mountain for an inside miracle, not an outside miracle. Let's say it together. Jesus went up the mountain for an inside miracle, not an outside miracle. He didn't go up there to say, God, would you do a bunch of signs and wonders for me? Would you give me the job I need? Would you give me the, the wife or the husband I need? Would you, would you do this or that? Jesus went up the mountain to say, do a miracle inside of me. I want more of your presence. But he also realized that if he was going to overcome death, if he was going to demonstrate what God looked like on earth, he had to go up the mountain in order to see the mountain move. And can I tell you today, in our lives, if we want to see some of those mountains, those addictions, a closer walk with God, to be salt and light to our families, to to demonstrate the fruits of the Spirit, to to be able to, to closely model what God looks like, we can't do it if we don't go up the mountain. We want up the mountain results. But we don't want to go up the mountain. If we want to see a mountain move, we got to go up the mountain. That's what we're doing in this series. Is God is calling all of us individually and as a church to consider because God's a gentleman. He'll never force anybody to do it. But God is calling us to consider going up the mountain and drawing close to God. Because time spent with God is where we get our power from. I was a pitcher in high school, and I tried pitching in college, and that didn't work very well. Uh, But one thing I knew is that pitching is in your legs. Hitting is in your legs. If you don't have good legs, you can't throw hard, you can't hit very far. Pretty much any sport you do, it's you got to have strong legs. It's where we get our power from in athletics. But in the spiritual world, we get our power from spending time with God on a regular basis. Because there's going to be trials. In fact, the Bible says, in this world, you're going to have trials. You're going to have people don't, that don't like you. You're going to have people that don't understand you. You're going to have people that, that struggle with seeing anything good about you. Real encouraging today, aren't I? But if you've had that time with God, you have that power. To overcome sin, to overcome struggle, 
fact, James says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Let's read that. Come close to God. Up the mountain. What are the things in your life that might change or might change for someone else if you decided to go up the mountain and get in God's presence? The other thing that we see here is that when it comes to a miracle, sometimes it's darkest before the dawn. Let's say that. When it comes to a miracle, sometimes it's darkest before the dawn. We see in this story that before the before Satan and this demon leave this boy, he has one last stand. This evil spirit screams and throws the boy into another violent convulsion, and then what happens? And what happens? He left him. Some of us, all we can see is what's happening right at the moment. But let me tell you, just because things are bad doesn't mean a miracle isn't possible. Just because things are bad doesn't mean a miracle isn't possible. Our faith, as we look at this story, is critical to the miraculous happening. Have mercy on us if you can. And Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes God reminded me preparing for this series and maybe this is a reminder for you too that we have to believe in what God can do not in what you can see. Did we get that? You have to believe in what God can do not in what you can see. Have you ever had somebody believe in you more than you believed in yourself? I've had some people in my life, I'm thinking, why do they see so much in me? And you almost, when you get around them, you, you start to kind of believe that. It's, it's kind of contagious. If all we believe in is this boy is deaf and he's mute and he's demon-possessed, there's no miracle. But if we begin to believe that we serve a God that can take addictions away. We serve a God that can change hearts. We serve a God that can even change mindsets. We serve a God that can start to work on a heart to the point that they can utter these words, I am sorry. Please forgive me. It's a miracle. We also see in this story that prayer and faith are very important, but not always enough to move some mountains. Prayer and faith are very important. But there are some things in life that require more than prayer. Jesus says this kind of of problem, this kind of burden, this kind of struggle that you guys, the disciples, you've been walking with me, 
You couldn't drive it out just by prayer. It calls for prayer and fasting. And I'm God, right? And I know you guys hadn't been fasting. I'd just been with the Father praying and fasting. And that's why I was able to drive it out. Some miracles require fasting. Now let me share this with you today. In the first service, I felt like everybody was with me until I got to this point. And I felt like all the, the energy just sucked out of the room. There are some things that we have to be burdened enough about to say, God, I'm going to ignore my normal habits of eating. And I'm going to seek you. And I'm going to pray. Some of us, when I talk about this, you may not really know what in the world we're talking about. We're going to get into that in just a minute. But here's, here's the big truth today. When you go up the mountain, it supplies you power for what's at the bottom of the mountain. And it gives you authority to even move mountains. Some of us don't know what to do with that. One, because we've never experienced what I'm talking about. Two, maybe we don't agree with it. Three, we don't understand it. Or four, we're thinking that I'm going to have to change how I'm put together and I'm not interested in doing that. But that's still, any four of those things doesn't take away the fact that when you go up the mountain, time with God, it supplies you with power for the bottom of the mountain. Bottom of the mountain represents the problems and the struggles that we have in our life. And it gives us authority and power to even move mountains. Let's read it. When you go up the mountain, it supplies you power for what's at the bottom of the mountain. And gives you authority to even. So what are those mountains? What are those mountains in your life? I was talking to somebody a while back that has a pornography addiction. It's a mountain. Jesus died so that you didn't have to struggle with that anymore. Talking to somebody a while back that alcohol has literally consumed their life. Everything else in their life has gone to the back of the bus. And alcohol has taken up every seat on the bus. Jesus died and resurrected from the dead so that you could be free from that. You don't have to believe it. It's true. But if you begin to believe that, you'll be amazed what can happen. What mountains need moved in your family's life? Maybe there's someone you know that's sick or someone that's struggling with depression. Let me just say this. Depression is a real thing. And there are people that struggle with mental illnesses and they struggle with anxiety disorders and they struggle with all kinds of different things. And we don't always understand that, but let me tell you today, God can move mountains in that area as well. What can God do in your friend's life? Maybe you know somebody. This is a different kind of sermon, I told you. This is probably a message people aren't going to say, man, that was a good message. Because it causes us to consider something. Who are some friends that you know 
that if God gave you a burden for them, they might be sitting in one of these chairs there's no one in. If you begin to believe that anything is possible. What are the mountains in our community, in our country, in our world? What mountains need move? We hope that through this series, we can not only identify what needs move, but we can begin to believe that God can move it. I want to share with you today something that I'm really excited about. It's coming up a week from tomorrow. And it's called Pray 21. And essentially what Pray 21 is, it's got three components to it. Prayer, fasting, and gathering. Prayer, fasting, and gathering. Say that with me. Prayer, fasting, and gathering. The first part is prayer. We're going to begin to ask you, starting um, a week from tomorrow, to begin to intentionally pray for some of those mountains to be moved um, in your life and in the lives of other people. And so we've got there in the bulletins as well as the information center, we've got these prayer calls. They're called Pray 21. And on the back of them, some information. But maybe you know a situation that needs prayer. You can be as specific or as general as you want to be. If you don't want people to know your story, you can just say, pray for me and my husband, and you don't sign it. Uh, we attended a church that's doing the same thing, and some of them on there, you can tell they're desperate. They didn't care. They said, pray for me and Cody. We're having a hard time. And for 21 days, people begin to pray over their story and their situation. So prayer. Also, another component uh, of this is fasting. I want to encourage you with something. To not just dismiss this spiritual discipline and say, uh-uh. But to take this week, that's why we're telling you a couple weeks early. Uh, we mentioned it last week and then this week. It's to consider a different kind of a fast, some kind of a fast. In your bulletin, again, at the information center, is some different types of fasts that you can do. If you want to see a mountain move, this is a, this is a good step towards that. Um, there's Daniel fast. There's a modified version of that. You can fast lunch um, or you can do a media fast if you have health restrictions. And simply what it is, is in your life or in someone else's life, if you have a burden, I remember that when I served in St. Louis that every Tuesday over lunch, Mike and Mary would go into their office. He was the pastor at the church. And they would pray for their kids' spouses. And they were like 10 and 11. And they would not eat lunch. And they would pray for their kids. Now they wouldn't go to Taco Bell after they prayed. They would skip that meal. And the next meal would be whatever normally they eat dinner. And they would pray for that need. And they were burdened by that. And they did it every single week. That's a possibility. Okay, I'm not going to tell you what kind of fast. We all are different and that kind of thing. But pray about that this week and begin to think about what are the needs. And it doesn't have to just be that need. It could be that need and a lot of other needs. And then the last component is starting next, a week from tomorrow, we're also going to gather together for an early morning time of worship. And there will be a quick little devotional and then some prayer time. It will be from 6 to 6.45. 
So if you've got to be at work by 7.30 or 8 o'clock, you can make it. Just to be real honest, Steve and I were talking about this. People that are in my wife's boat and his wife's boat, Bethany, if you're getting your kids around in the morning, you're not going to be able to make it. But we'll have an online Facebook uh, service for you to get involved in. But some of us, we could make it. And I encourage you to make it because when people fill out their prayer cards, that's going to be a lot of us. We're going to take these prayer cards and pray through those for 21 days. So this morning, I know this is a different kind of a message and series, but I believe God's calling us to this. You've got also there, last thing, there's a little white piece of paper also in your bulletin. You can get them at the information center. And this is where the title of this message came from. It's called Preparing for a Miracle. Every day we're just asking you to answer one question. If it takes two minutes or 20 minutes. And on Monday, we're asking you to think about what mountains need moved in your life. Spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, relationally. Some would say yes to all those. Some would say just one of those or two of those. What mountains need moved in your life? And write it down. And the next day, what mountains need moved in my family's life? And you'll do this all week, one question. And if you'll hang on to this, and you feel that you actually fill this out, when we start, you'll have plenty of things to pray through for 21 days. Zacharias says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. So I mentioned to you in the bulletin was the fasting. On the other side of that is a calendar. Make sure and get one of those. If you don't have one, they're at the information center or in the bulletin, as I mentioned earlier. It gives you every single day what we're going to focus on. So, for example, um, day three, prayer focuses my places of influence, homework, workplace, school. Day 12, families and marriages. Day 17, health and physical needs. Day 18, our kids and teens. Day 14, or excuse me, day 3, our community, Pittsburgh and surrounding area. Every day it will give you a focus to pray through. So here's, here's my last thing. Imagine what would happen if everybody did it. Can I just say this? Men, this is also for you. It's not just for kids and pastors and ladies. It's for guys. Guys, what would happen? Ladies, what would happen? Church, what would happen? Community, what would happen? If we begin to seek God by fasting and praying and intentionally reaching out and saying, God, do something. When you go up the mountain, it supplies you with the power for what's at the bottom of the mountain. Let's finish it together. And gives you authority. Let's stand together.
Obviously, a natural tension that takes place when you call us to go farther and deeper than what we've spiritually budgeted. Father, for some of us today, what we've budgeted for you is an hour on Sunday morning or maybe an hour on Wednesday night or a prayer before a meal or one or all those things, Lord. But, Father, you're calling us to go deeper, and that creates a tension, Father, because we don't know if we want to do that. Father, my prayer is that this week, the first miracle, is that we would say yes to going deeper with you. Father, we know that you're not a genie in the bottle, and just because we pray for something doesn't mean that it always happens. God, I think back of my life for different prayers that I prayed, and it didn't feel like anything happened, and other times where it seems like you heard me, but God, whether you answer it the way we want, whether you don't answer it, whether it heaven tells a bigger story we didn't see about may we just embrace you may we trust you god father help us with our unbelief father give us the faith to see god do a miracle in our life and in those around us we give you praise and glory for who you are and we thank you in jesus name the lord bless you and keep you The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have a blessed Sunday.